The New Zealand Today podcast was made with the support of a company or organisation called New Zealand Today. Oh, no, New Zealand On Air. I stuffed that up. It's not easy doing this. So thanks to New Zealand On Air for supporting it. G'day and welcome back to the New Zealand Today podcast. It's Guy Williams here. Matt's on holiday. Well, he's not on holiday, he's just in the other room editing New Zealand Today season four. But um, I've got a very special episode for you today. I've just been down in Christchurch, and you know what that means. I caught up with the icon, the queen, the legend of New Zealand, Karen Hill from Stokes Valley. You know her, you love her. She is always a highlight. And um, I talk to her about everything from Vladimir Putin to one of her most outrageous arrest escapes, I guess is what you'd call it. I hope you enjoy it because at the end, she'll also give you life advice. It'll probably change your life. I don't want to say this is the best podcast you've ever recorded, but it's, it's probably pretty close to there. It's always a privilege to talk to Karen, and it's a privilege to present it to you now. Welcome back, Karen. It's nice to... Oh, no, why am I saying welcome back? We're in your house. <laughs> welcome to me. Yeah, hi, Guy. How are you? I'm really good. I'm trying to... Because the hard thing is that, is that I talk really loud and you don't. You talk like a normal human being. Unless I'm in mad, bad mood or <laughs> piss me off. You'll fucking hear me all right then. Even then, even then, I don't think you hit the, the ridiculous high... Like, I yell mm. when I talk. There's something not right with me, eh? Welcome back to um, Storytime with Karen. Um, last time we talked about Karen um, flew out of the window of a truck. Oh no, Karen's friend, the thieving gnome, flew out of the window of a truck while going over the Umataka Hills. Yeah. Now, I left and as I was leaving, Karen said, oh, I've had two disasters on the Umataka. You've had another story about the Umatakas. Yeah, that wasn't as, as bad, but... It happened before that one. This one happened in the eighties. You've got to, um, you've got to, you got to. The way storytelling and like clickbait and like television and podcasting works, though, is you need to, um, you need to tease it. You're like, and this story is better than ever. <laughs> this and this is Karen's worst tragedy on the. Uh, this is. There's nothing can outdo the flying out the window. the window. There's no way you can top that. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, we're not going to try and... Oh, that's the New Zealand way as well. Let's set the bar low and maybe try and step over some low expectations. The second time you risked your life amid Matuckers in the 1980s in New Zealand. Yeah, when I went with my friend John and we went over to st stay at his friend's place who had a farm over in the Wairapa and we were supposed to stay the night there and come back on the Saturday. We went over on a Friday. And then... I think him and her had an argument. I can't really remember why, but we we well, we left. He said no, no, but we'd been drinking, and is this drink driving again? Yeah. And what? And why are you there? There's this man. And he's going to visit this woman. Yeah, he just he's a friend of mine, and he said I'm going to go over and I'll, I'll take you over to my friend's house. Yeah. And just go farm out there, and we'll spend the night there, and we'll come back on Saturday. So I went, yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah. And um, was there any romantic involvement here? 
well, I did go out with him. Okay. Yeah. At the time or yeah, in the past? Yeah, at the like? time. At oh, the so time. it was your boyfriend? Yeah, well, yeah. It wasn't my boyfriend for long, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, I get it. We, I've known him a long time. I knew him more as a friend. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're going yeah. to visit another female friend, yeah. and it goes bad because they start fighting. And you've well, had- well, I have Upon memory, I think they had an argument and we left because we were supposed to stay the night. Yeah. But we didn't stay the night. And then we're coming back and drives up the Rimutakas and for some reason at the top of the car, we, he lost control and it spun round. And I'm like, what the fuck? We're going over the fucking side. <laughs> and nah, he fucking straightened up and he stopped. Turned the, turned the car up and everything. I went, Fucking hell. And he went, well, we're still right, and we're facing the right way. And he started the car up, and we went home. <laughs> that was back in the 80s, and then the one with the flying was the 90s. Yes. Okay? You've and done I've never, flying, I've you've never done liked going over Rimutaka Hill. Oh, obviously. It's like a 100% nightmare rate with you. <laughs> I'm not saying it's your fault. I like how you did say, though, you said in that story, you said... Somehow, and I don't know how, he lost control of the car. Yeah. I'm going to say I know how he lost control how? of the car. Because he was pissed from yeah. just yeah. hitting the piss just two seconds ago. Yeah. He was drunk driving. Yeah, he was drunk driving. How drunk was he driving? But he wasn't driving and drinking, but we're drunk no. at, at the lady's house. Yeah, 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 and you need to get out of there and neither of you were fit to drive. No, I couldn't even drive back then. You didn't even know how to drive? No. So you weren't even fit, you weren't even qualified? No. Okay, so you're driving over the Limituckers, and he was driving the only maybe... The reason I ever got a licence in the end was because the police caught me. They waited outside, I had a mini, and then they, have you got a licence, Karen? I went, no, someone had rung in on me. And then I went and got my licence, and when the policeman said, you've passed. He said, don't lose it again, Karen. I said, it's my first one ever. <laughs> now, um, I wanted to do another story. Uh, I never wanted to do another story type time with Karen because every time we start a story, <laughs> there's always little side quests that pop up. <laughs> and I think this will be relatable to like all New Zealanders, right? It's a story of... Don't you hate it when you're on bail because you stabbed an abusive man twice and your brother's wedding comes up? Yeah. First of all, right. dick, dick moved by your brother to schedule his wedding while you're on bail. Yeah, no, but that wedding was planned before I did the stabbing. The well, wedding. rude of you to do a stabbing before his yeah, big wedding. Yeah, yeah, the wedding was in February and I stabbed the guy in January. Okay. <laughs> So, but, so the guy knew that I was going to my brother's wedding. So and when he, because he was the victim, the police told him my bail conditions and what I'm doing. Oh, da, yes. Because you're allowed to know. And I said, I bet that arsehole will do something because I'm going to the wedding in February. Mm. And sure enough, he did. Because I stayed out above the curfew time. And he rang up the police and said I was playing up at the Trentham Racecourse. So we seen the police come in. I went, fucking hell, here comes the police. I went out the back. My brother fucking snuck me down. Wait, is this, is this your brother whose wedding it was? No, no, my oh. oldest brother. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. My oldest brother, Stephen. And he, um, 
took me home and I went in and I had a friend stay at my flat and he said, yeah, the police have been round. I said, what did you do? He said, oh, I just didn't make a noise. I just stayed inside. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, because they didn't really couldn't say open the door because then they'll go, where's Karen? Yes. You know? And if you don't present yourself at the door, they're allowed to come in. And um, my sister-in-law went down, because I found this out later, she went down and she said, well, excuse me, there's a wedding function going on here. Yeah. Can we help you? And they said, oh, we're looking for Karen Hill. Apparently she's been here causing trouble. She said, well, she left hours ago and she never caused any trouble. I mean, this is her brother's wedding. Why would she cause trouble? Yeah. And she's on um, curfew, so she went home. And then I rang the police up after my brother dropped me home and I said, I heard you's come round. I mean, somebody said that you's come round. I don't know. I was asleep. <laughs> and I talked to them on the upstairs window. They were down below and I was talking to them out the window because I'd been drinking and I wasn't allowed to drink. Ooh. And, um, yeah, they went, oh, all right then, Karen. We'll let you off, okay? But next time you want to come, you're just going to have to wake up, okay? Went, <laughs> okay. But I wasn't there. Only my friend was. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So he didn't get me, but man, what a dirty low life. Yeah, what an asshole, eh? Yeah. Today. You got a letter? Yes. It's like Blue's Clues. Who's the letter from? It's from my landlords. I'm going home Woo! next Thursday. Yeah! Between 12 and 1. I'm going back to 18. Oh, that's so exciting, Karen. It is. I'm absolutely wrapped. Do you have, um, can the, um, can your, uh, grandsons come and help you lift this crap? No, no, they have, we have the blue box people. They come, oh. yeah, no, the trust pays for everybody. Oh, Move our stuff. Take you over, and if you've not got no help, they pack the boxes up. Great. They'll empty your cupboards. Great. Because I'm not. No, good. they're good. That's I'm why we haven't unpacked, and I've got boxes all that, which would is illegal, really, isn't it? Because of fire, they, that's gonna have two exits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, don't tell people about your illegal, illegal boxes right now. <laughs> <laughs> a nice, oh yes. A nice, warm, clean, renovated house as Ten well. Ten days before my birthday. Oh, early birthday present. What's your birthday? 25th. September? Yeah. I'm 19th. Oh, yeah. We're both Virgos. No, I'm a Libran. Oh, Libra. Yeah, and my daughter is too. She's the 29th. I don't know what I am anymore. (laughs) Do you believe in star signs? Oh, I just believe that Libran dogs are good people. (laughs) That's what I am. Because the Librans are the only non-living star sign. Oh, what's a Libra? We're scales. The oh, the white justice. The scales of white. Which is why we don't like being out of balance. I, I don't like being out of balance. I cannot handle it. But who likes being out of balance? Well, I don't anyway because <laughs> I'm a Libra. But like, I love that's how star signs work, eh? They're yeah. like, you don't enjoy being out of balance. You know, like, I don't enjoy being out of balance. Like, no one enjoys being out of balance. You I don't love, enjoy getting stabbed I love in the that knee Libra with a... is the scales of this, and I say it's the scales of justice, and I'm very good at handing that out. <laughs> Um, now we have here um, some uh, more questions from the website twitter.com. Okay. I um, did one on Instagram as well, and sorry to people ask questions. I couldn't figure out how to see the questions that people have asked, 
So all the questions today are from Twitter, and they are um, they are mixed bag at best. Um, oh, we'll start with a wholesome one. Yvonne Lorkin um, at Yvonne. Sorry, I can't say anyone's names right. It's 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 at least good that I can't say the white person's names right as well. So I'm not just butchering the brown people's names. Well, how's the surname spelled? L O R K I N Lorkin. Yeah, yeah, see, you thought you could crack it, and then you're like, I don't know, Lorcan's probably that. Oh, you said Luke, that Yvonne. it was too quick. <laughs> oh, L-O-R-K-I-N. Lorcan. Lorcan, yeah. Okay, Lorcan. replying to Guy Williams. I would like to know what Karen's favourite type of scone is, and what does she like to spread on her pikelets? <laughs> I love my pikelets hot with just my butter. Ooh. And my, and, and my favourite scone is a cheese scone. Lovely. Do you worry, do you ever switch butter for marge or always butter? I don't, um, I buy like Meadow Lee. Oh, um, so that's marge, but, isn't it? Marjorie? But yeah, but I, I do Meadow Lee buttery and I do Flora and I do that Olivio. But buttery whatever marge. Whatever one's on special. Okay, so it is yeah, marge. But, and I buy real butter and I cook in that and I, mm, as we can see. <laughs> <laughs> I love my food, but especially when I gave up smoking. I mean, everything st- I could start tasting things again. Tell you, smoking kills your taste buds. Yeah, yeah. And you eat off memory. And when I rediscovered food tasting again, it was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> this tastes better than I thought. This is the best I've ever tasted. <laughs> I'm not condoning, obviously, you're very anti smoking. Um, I'm not anti-smoking, it's up to the individual, but I would not advise it. Yeah. And I mean, and there's a lot of people around it and they'll go, yes, no, I've got COPD, and they're my age in that, and you can see because we didn't get the warnings. This is what upsets me about the young people, they've got the chance, I see them vaping. Yeah. I go, what the heck? But, but vaping again, like the cigarette companies really are insidious because... That is kind of marketed almost as a safe alternative. Yeah, because you can buy, but then you can buy ones with nicotine in them. Yeah, and they're also but marketed. You can buy the ones without nicotine. Also, all the flavors are like bubblegum and shit. Yeah, and I know. It's like, like marketed at kids. My daughter's, like I said, Jolene, um, be quiet. I like my vape. Okay, whatever. Yeah. She used to smoke, but only when she went out. And she used to only go out on a Friday or a Saturday night because she was always a student or got the job. And she'd buy one pack of the smokes because she smoked when she drank. But she wouldn't smoke all the rest of the week, which I found very handy when she was living with me because I'd ring her up at work and go, you got any smokes in your room? (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy you, I'll replace the packet. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, you've got a great laugh. Um, So this this next message is from an um, esteemed gentleman known as Dick Wad. And Dick Wad 4 asks... How do we deal out 20 wax and not get arrested? Mask or balaclava, which is best? <laughs> What's best is when they pay up what they owe you because they don't want the 20 fucking wax. So I've never had to really give them out. This is an important question from um, BB2 plus 3. Um, they write, why do Karens complain so much? Why do Karens complain so much? And I'd like to add in, like, do you get annoyed by the stigma around the name Karen? No, I don't. I find that amusing. I find it very, very amusing. And I moan a lot 
because I vote and that now gives me the right to moan about, especially the government, for the next three years who come in. Because I believe if you don't vote, then you haven't got a right to moan. Um, Solomalo, um, or at Ethsech, uh, Solomalo writes, um, ask Karen her thoughts on neutering pets. I believe that pets should get neutered and we keep the the population under control. Do people have opinions that pets shouldn't be neutered? Well, I think it's better, better for the pet and better for the owner. It does seem kind of cruel to cut their yeah. balls off. But, but yeah, but if you if you got a dog that's just, you know the the breed and it's for breeding and everything, well yeah. then obviously no. Yeah. But um, yeah, people who just want a pet for that pet company and everything, I think it is better for them, especially like male cats. It stops them doing the spraying. Yeah. When, yeah. when my daughter wanted a cat and moaned me, I said, right, we'll get a cat and we're going to the SPCA to get an unwanted cat because they get come fixed and with all these shots and everything, because you pay that money over. Yeah. Now, you kind of answered this uh, in one of your own videos on your own social medias, 20 fucking wax. But um, Ego Ira writes, um, or is it Irie? Ego Irie, maybe? E-I-R-E. Ego Irie, I think. How would she solve the war in Ukraine? 20 wax for Putin or something more extreme? No, I would make sure that I sent in... That's if I'm in charge of a country. I'm the president of America, right? Yeah. I'm going to send in agents to fucking assassinate that fucking Putin. It's amazing that they can't do more, eh? Like, America spends... It's a flabbergast me. Billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars on... I'd assassinate him. And I tell well, you what... Like the space I, and, and, and a lot of Russians would thank me for it. Yeah. Because not, I don't think that all Russians agree with what Putin's doing. Yeah. it's it's a it's, And what he's done to that country, Ukraine... Ukraine fought them because they never want to be part of Russia again. Yeah, okay. Well, but my point was going to be is that I do wonder, I'm like, how can America, how can NATO, how can, like... America not... is putting their thumbs up, get fuck signed to China yeah. and helping Taiwan because Taiwan doesn't want to belong back to China. So, hello, they're playing with the big boy that country, aren't they? Why can't they fucking do something about Putin? So, in short, the solution is to uh, murder Vladimir it's Putin. It's to assassinate Vladimir Putin. It can't be that easy, though. Assassinate I mean, that fucking pig in North Korea. I'm sure they've looked at the options. Just don't do trade with China. Let China fucking get fucked. All the countries, which would never happen because all the countries would have to agree in the rest of the world. Fuck you, China. You fucking look after your people and we might trade with you. Yeah. Instead yeah. of... They, they don't even treat them like human beings. They, they're non... They just don't matter. They just don't count. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing, the way it works, because I always think it's a bit more nuanced than that because it's like, who doesn't treat them like human beings? It's like, if we... Because China's not the only country that has problems with like sweatshop conditions, but who are enforcing those conditions? It's really interesting how it works because... There's obviously a corporation who's moved mm. there and gone, yeah. can you build, can you make us 10,000 pairs of sneakers, right? Yeah, or 10,000 pairs of jeans. But the Chinese government's allowing that to happen. Yeah, but so's, so's like other governments that aren't as corrupt as China. 
yeah. you know, it happens all through like exploited and poor countries, even countries that have like competent governments, and it's like an economic thing, and. It's we, like the bananas in the in the, in the yeah. supermarket. You got your fair trade ones. Yeah. Right. Well, I love bananas. Yeah. But sometimes I have to go and buy the Bobby bananas because they're cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd like to buy the fair trade bananas, yeah. but with the cost of living as high as it is now, it's hard for people to support that. So here's the problem. Here's the problem, right? Because I totally hear. Because you can buy ethical sneakers. You can buy cheap sneakers for say. Fifty dollars to one hundred fifty dollars, you get Nikes for one hundred fifty dollars, and they're made in horrible conditions. Um, but yeah, you know, I like know. I, I don't want to buy them anymore now. But like, but everything is Karen. That's the hard thing. Is like you have so few choice, and you can buy ethical, and that's becoming designer. But the ethical ones are normally quite a bit more expensive. Mm. Like my, I think I bought some Vasia sneakers, and I think they were three hundred Australian dollars. I think. So they're See, pretty I've never, pricey. I've never ever worried about brand. I did when I was young. I mean, I want my Levi's and my Yeah, but my, my, point, is, my and, point is, okay, you want to buy yeah. some ethical jeans. Yeah, like, but, they'll cost more than Levi's. Yeah, well, my daughter, see, this is the great child I put up. Yeah. I don't believe in God. Now she's a Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> she would go to the trade aid shops. Oh, nice. When she was young and buy it. Everybody's presents from a trade aid shop. Wow. Because she believes in she believes in all this business. That's why she believed in your ex. Yeah. She yeah. loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Talking about uh Gory's yeah. Green Party MP and she's a great uh yeah. she's a great campaigner. And my for daughter justice. my daughter just absolutely loves her. Yeah, oh she's 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 doing it she's doing a very good job. So yeah. I, I, I I love her too. I didn't even know who she was, I'm gonna be honest about that. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. You know how whoever a New Zealand politician is, <laughs> and it is interesting how you just keep on. Uh, as you get richer, you're on a hedonic treadmill where you just keep on accumulating more and more wealth. Does it improve your happiness? Uh, who knows? But I'm just I'm just wondering if I was in that position, if I became a a millionaire, you know, would I be ethical about it? It's hard to know. Does does having getting money change you? I'm not sure. When I won my cruise off Lotto, yeah. I was half with my with a friend, mm. and um, so we got twenty two and a half thousand each. Yeah, I ran into an old friend, and she was down and out on her luck and everything, and I gifted her five hundred dollars. Oh, it's lovely. And she could have gone and bought drugs with it. I don't know. I just hope that she didn't. <laughs> well, we have. Um, I mean, there are a lot of rich people who are generous as well. Mm. But it does. I wish they had a bit more ethical. Like Bill Gates was a horrible asshole when he was a businessman. And Microsoft is a very like anti-competitive and probably exploitative company. But I, I'm like... Now he's like going to give his money for good, and I was I maybe he's got some opinions on this. Maybe he knows more, but like I was like, why couldn't you just make Microsoft a good ethical company? Why do you have to get to become the richest man in the world first, and then start like deciding? He's not the richest man now, is he? He was for many it, years. It's Elon Musk now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what happened with him? Where he was buying Twitter, and then no, he backed out. Of I don't it. know. What, I don't know what's going on with Elon, Elon Musk. A very strange. Yeah. Strange person. I don't um, like him, and you know why? Because he offered a little sub for those boys trapped in the caves. Yeah. And um, the the divers, the English divers said, "No, we don't, we don't need that." And he, he called them pedophiles. That was when the mask started slipping. Eh? It was kind of funny how like Elon Musk for many years was like 
this god. He was the real life mm. Iron Man. Yeah. And now the more you learn about people, the more you're like. Then he called those rescuers pedophiles. A I was fucking angry. I did a thing on my YouTube about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of other very strange things about that man. Mm. Um, since then, yeah. he's been in this horrible social media spiral where. The more he gets criticised, the less he can take it because he, you know, everyone wants positive feedback. It's not easy to take criticism, and so he becomes more he just, and more of an asshole. He, he would have been alright if he said, "I said the wrong thing." Yeah, I apologise. He should have, yes. And that's what I always think is great. And when people are terrified of cancel culture and all that, I was mm. like, "You can always just apologise and like work that's right. to be better." And it's like it's like everyone, you know, if if say let's take a famous case like Louis C.K. If he if he seemed genuinely sorry, seemed to acknowledge and learn from what he'd done and like helped combat sexual assault and sexual violence in the comedy industry, I would be totally okay with that. We all believe everyone deserves a second chance if you can rehabilitate yourself. But if you're going to go on stage and dismiss what you did as not that big a deal or joke about it or just keep that same kind of toxic culture that we all realise we have a problem with in comedy, if you're just going to perpetuate that, then... Um, you can get fucked, you know? And it's not cancel culture, but I'm going to complain about you and at least exercise my right to go, Louis C.K. is a, um, is an asshole and, um, yeah, sh- should be a registered sex offender, you know? Anyway. What the fuck are we talking about? No, Putin's Russia. Yeah, <laughs> Putin's Russia. That's right. Um, what would I do with Putin? One or two more questions um, from Richard Parkin, Parky1973. Did Russell Howard actually give you those tickets you asked for? Yes. What 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 tickets did you ask for? I haven't even seen your Russell Howard um, segment. How was that? Six tickets. To? To his show that night. Oh, that's nice. The day I went out with him. Oh, lovely. Did you go along and watch it? Yeah, no, me, Jolene, Lucas, my grandson, um, Joel, the four of us went. Oh, wonderful. And, and Max didn't want to go, and I was pleased because it would have been above Max's head. Yeah. He was only 12 then. Yeah, of course. And so Anthony stayed home with Max. So we got there, and then we had two tickets left over. And Lucas went out and asked anybody if they wanted these tickets for free, and a couple took them who were from England, who were here um, holidaying. Yeah. And they so they wanted to show, and they had shit seats, and then they got the real good seats. Oh. And I said, they said, oh, you must be Russell Howard's friend. I said, yeah, I am. Oh. <laughs> and then... Uh, near the end of the show, he mentioned about me and, and 20 fucking wax, and uh, it was, oh, that's you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and they were really wrapped that they got those two tickets. Oh, that's really awesome, Karen. Took them from shit seating to good seating. Yeah, lovely. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yes, I did get those tickets I asked him for. Oh, that's great. Without did you, hesitation. Did you, um, did, was it the first time you've ever been to a stand up comedy show? Yes. Wow. Did you enjoy it? I did, I loved it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Never been to any of my shows? No, I haven't been to any of your shows, sorry. <laughs> you got free tickets for me? Of course I have free tickets for you. <laughs> I get a lot of weird people at my comedy shows. I can't remember if any, anyone came to New Zealand today who I was like really surprised by. But um, recently I had um, Tane Randall, former All Blacks oh, captain. Right. Awesome. So that was quite interesting. Thanks yeah. to Tane Randall for coming along. I, I really interested what he... He didn't hang around afterwards. I would love to hear what he thought of the show because it's quite, quite uh, weird to have people from that rugby culture, which isn't like, yeah. like my show's pretty full on and not particularly, um, 
Uh, it's not like you kind of like classic Kiwi bloke humour, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so I'd be interested to do what Tane Ramble. I appreciate Tane Ramble coming along. I felt I did talk about the All Blacks a little bit and I, I wanted to reference him, but I decided just to keep it, keep it quiet. I didn't want to embarrass him. It can't be easy being the mm. you know greatest All Black captain of all time. Uh, that was sarcastic and that was a dig and I'm sorry. I think Tane Ramble was a great because, All Black. Because and, the best All Black captain of all time, you'd have to say, is Richie McCaw, wouldn't Richie you? Richie McCaw. Oh, I mean, a lot of people love... And, um, I mean, I loved Sean Fitzpatrick, and I didn't think there'd ever be anybody like him again. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good captains, and though. Buck lot, Shelford. And, oh, yeah, I loved Buck. Tana Umanga was pretty good. I loved... Um, I loved... Uh, Norman... Uh, no, not Norman Kirk. That was the Prime Minister. David Kirk. Is a good one? Yes, the, cap- the captain of the first Rugby World Cup in 1987. Champions. The Doctor. Did Richie McCall lift it twice? Yeah. Who was captain in 2015? Was that Richie again? Mm. What a legend. Yeah. Um, you can see why he's the president of the first country Zealand. to do back-to-back. See, if we got the Queen off the notes and we put Richie on there... No, they put me on there. They put do. Karen on there. Jono and Ben did. It was on the side of the van. Amazing. And I was on the $20 note. Okay, well, I reckon that we should have some notes with Karen on the side and some <laughs> notes with Richie on the side. And who else could get on the side of a note? Lord... Who else legend? Stephen Adams. Get him on there. Valerie, well, Adams. Valerie be, and Stephen. He might play for New Zealand in the World Bus- Basketball World Cup. Do you think that'll actually happen? Is, is that a recent it's story? Look, it's, looking, it's looking more likely than it ever has before. Yeah, but it's always looked very unlikely. So I've got a story about that. This ties into both of those things. Stephen Adams has come to my gig. Oh, cool. So I'm a huge... No, it's, it gets a bit weird, though. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm just a weird person and I don't know why. <laughs> when I talk to a famous people person, I always try and, like, make it worthwhile. I don't want to mm. say anything mean or anything cheeky or make a, a laugh, but I always want to, like, say something smart or poignant or just interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, I ran to Stephen Adams. I don't know if he knew who I was, but I feel <laughs> like he might have. I saw him. And you wonder because he'd been in America such a long time now, hasn't he? No, but this was early in his career. So oh, he was he was well known, but he wasn't a multi-billionaire no. superstar like he no. is now, right? He might he was he was drafted in the NBA. He was well known. Yeah. It was when he first. Uh, this is this is how you date it. I don't know what year it was, but he first grew his hair out because he had short hair. His like first season and second season, he got that Jason Marmore mm. long hair beard look. He really like. He really looks, uh, it's good look. It's really uh, like intimidating as a basketball player. Lovely guy, but like he's got a great intimidating look. Anyway, so I run into him on the street and I'm like, hey, Stephen, I'm a huge fan. Um, I always say weird things like the whole country's proud of you, mate. Can I get a photo? And he's like, yes, yeah, sweet as. And we got the photo and then I'm like, okay, I'll leave you alone because you know you don't want to bother, bother celebrities for too long. And he was like, what are you up to today? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing a um, doing a comedy show tonight. I'm like, what are you up to? And he's like, I'm on a boys weekend. And that was quite cool. He was with, um, I think, mates from his high school, Scots College in Wellington, and they just come up to Napier just to like hang out with the lads, which I thought was lovely. But unfortunately, Napier in winter has nothing going on mm-hmm. for the boys and the lads. So um, he was like, can we come along to your comedy show? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But what I forgot was my comedy show was this tiny little community theatre gig <laughs> in like a 60-seat theatre, which is basically like a lounge of a Stephen house. Stephen needed about six seats. Yeah. So that was the gig. It was so weird doing this gig where it was just like everyone sitting there and then this seven-foot multi-millionaire in the middle of the crowd and doing material like, it's weird that it's hard to buy a house 
And just him thinking, you know, it's not that hard. How was it having someone taller than you? It was quite intimidating, to be honest. And just, I wanted to do a good show for Stephen, if I remember. It wasn't very good. And at that time, I used to do these little, like, community theatre shows. I used to go and high-five the crowd. I was so grateful they came. Yeah. And I was like, if anyone wants to say hi or get a photo or anything like that, um, I'll give them a high-five. Yeah. So I, I leave the venue, like, as, as soon as it ends, because I didn't want to miss Stephen. I didn't want him yeah. to dart out. Yeah. And so I high-fived him as he was leaving. And then, of course, like, he felt like he had to talk to me. Or I kind of snooked him a bit there. And so I was like... He'd been in the paper like two days earlier. So I was like... Because um, he wouldn't play for New Zealand. Yeah. And I was like, don't read what they're saying about you in the papers, mate. And he was like, what are they saying about me in the papers? He hadn't read the papers. <laughs> he would have known about me. So I had to be like, nothing but good things, man. Nothing but good things. <laughs> but they were just... Um, they were criticising him for not playing for New Zealand, which... Yeah. Um, which I understand. I think his, his. I think from his book. I read his book, and I think it was the message largely was um, that they didn't. New Zealand Basel didn't support him when yeah. he was coming up. So he's like, I don't want to yeah. play for. He doesn't owe them anything. And I was like, that's kind of a good reason. Mm. But I, I will say this in New Zealand Basel's defence, it's not good, yeah. and it's not a good system. And I'm sure he was wronged, but they didn't have any money. So yeah. it's like there's a lot of New Zealand sports organisations that unfortunately are pay to play. And that's messed up because like less rich kids like Stephen Adams growing up can't go on trips to Australia yeah. to represent New Zealand. Yeah. Um, whereas you end up getting like kids from Nelson and stuff whose parents yeah. can afford it. So New Z- the making the New Zealand team is an honour, but it also is an honour that's only um, available to kids who have the means. So I totally yeah. understand where he's coming yeah. from, but um, I feel bad if I created Just a down like buzz. How, how many um, African American people play golf? Yeah. You know, because it was such a dear sport to be into. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Tiger was lucky. Yeah. And he had family with, you know, money a, that could And a dad who was obsessed. I mean, he yeah. was unlucky because, yeah. I mean, it, it obviously messed him up psychologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, lucky in terms of he became yeah. the greatest golfer that's ever existed. That's right. And this is my, um, this is my theory at the moment, is that white people um, were not that great at sports. So as soon as uh, black people passes in sports, we make up new sports so we can be the world champion again. So when Tiger Woods became the world golf number one, we immediately invented ultimate frisbee. <laughs> when Serena Williams uh, became Wimbledon champion, we invented underwater hockey, um, which is quite funny because like we decided that we were so uh, we were so threatened by like F- uh, by brown people playing sports. She that... still beat that girl, at... and she's forty. Yeah. Yeah, we need to invent uh, underwater tennis now to uh, to keep our to keep our world champion status uh, alive. I don't know. When we won our medals in Los Angeles Olympics, yeah, um, the Aussie papers said that we we swam in boats and we ran on horses. That's great because it was mostly from um, swimming and equestrian. Shout out to Mark Todd, the Shout Michael Jordan Mark of horse Todd. riding legend. Yeah. Oh, I got a question that I want to know from you. I was like, "What is your, what is your, what is your mantra to living a good, happy life?" Having a good, happy life is watching my daughter thrive, watching my grandchildren thrive, my grandsons, and people around me that I care about, my family, my friends. Just people be happy, not have to worry, not. Oh, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to pay that bill? Just, you don't need a lot of money. You just need to be comfortable. And that's my mantra to life. Yeah, yeah. Just to have a comfortable life. Don't have to be rich. Don't have to go off and 
go to this country and that country. I mean, I'm in my 60s, so, you know, that side of me's gone. When I was a wild child. Had <laughs> shocked up one side of New Zealand, down the other. Yeah. Jesus. And I think now about, oh, no wonder my mother used to get so worried and I didn't understand the, rap, the that those girls who've gone missing, they've never been found, like Mona Blades and... Yeah. You got Olivia Hope and Ben Smart and how dangerous it is. Being how a woman da- how much I got away with so many things. I had once them try to grab me, these guys, but my girlfriend had my other arm and he was trying to drag me in the car and there's about four of them. And this was in Wainui, just before going over the Wainui Hill, we were trying to get back over wow. to the Valley. Were you hitchhiking? What were you doing? Real, yeah, hitchhiking, yeah. And this guy tried to drag you into a car and Yeah, because we, we backed away. Far out. Four guys, yeah. And that was scary. That's That sort of put the spooks up me. Wow, that is incredibly intense. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Shout out to your girlfriend. Yeah. Who was that? Her, her name was Gail. Shout out to Gail, what a legend. Yeah. Is Gail still around? Well, as far as I know, she was still in Nine Nine. What was it like when you were found not guilty? Like, what was that? That must oh my like God. A, a f- I felt like my knees had gone all week and um, I felt like I can't stand. And then the um, judge said I was free to go and I come out of the witness box, out of the, the box you're in. Yeah, the they, they got glass up in front of you now, but they didn't have that when I went to court. Yeah. And... Um, I walked past the jury to the door out to the door going out to the back to where you go down to the cells and all that. And I just fucking stood up against the wall and I slid down it. Wow. Like fucking my knees buckled. All I wanted to do was get walk from the box out that door and then I could fucking like, I didn't want to collapse in front of the jury. Why not? I don't know. I didn't want to. I wanted to be able to walk out on my two legs. And you did. So good on you. Yeah. And then I was fucking like, just slumped down the wall, sat on the floor and just going, fuck, then fuck for that. It's fucking over. Yeah. And And I'm going home. Did you cry? Did you feel tears of joy? Yeah. And then my lawyer came out and I was, he's going, you're allowed to hug me, you know. So I gave him a big hug, Paul. This is why there's so many Pauls. Everyone's called Paul. Everyone's Paul called Paino. Peter. Mark. I can say his name. Yeah, Paul Paino's a Paino, good on you. If you get in trouble, ask for Paul Paino. And they'll be like, that man hasn't been a lawyer since 1984. Well, I think he'd still be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, what, Maybe. Uh, I think he was only in his... I would have only put him like mid... 30s, okay. Late 30s. Absolute legend. Did you woohoo or anything in the courtroom or did your supporters? No, I didn't woohoo. Family? The, no, no, there was no woo-hoo? supporters, no. Oh, wow. No, no. And it was like 10 o'clock at night when we got the verdict. It was 10 o'clock at night in court? Yeah. Wow. Well, because they, they, they stay there for the jury. Yeah, far out. Wow, that makes sense. And then if they're going to not make a decision, well, then they will go home. What? Why and was then it? you go home and then you come back and stay in custody again. You've got to be in custody while 
the jury are deciding. What? Um, so how long were you in custody for? How long did it take them to decide? I was in there. So it finished about five years. So it was like, then they went for tea. Yeah. So it was more more towards 11. Okay. Um, and then the guards drove me home again. Because they oh. drove me home every night. But I sat in the back where the woman sat in yeah. the prison thing. Because I was... Anyway, they dropped me off every night in Fakatiki Street because they came from um, Rumataka Jail. Okay, were they nice guys? Yeah, they were lovely. They said they knew Kerry, and they said you'll get off this. He's fucking, and he's an asshole, and you're not guilty. Yeah, you stuck up for yourself. Your self defence, because one stays with you the whole time while you're in the courtroom. Yeah, and um, can I ask this? Um, uh, freaking a. Um, what, sorry if this is personal, but like, why did you have no supporters? Was your ma not there, or you know? No, I, it was just I, you there by yourself and your no, lawyer. And, yeah, and I and when the no gave evidence because he was a prosecution witness, and when we got to court, they didn't want him because they knew that he wouldn't help the case. He would help your side. So that my lawyer had to go in and argue in chambers for him to become a def- that he. Had, I have the right Switch to talk sides. to him yeah. and see if we want him as a defence witness. And the prosecution didn't want that. And that's why they waited till the day of the trial. Yeah, did you... Did and, you, um, did no, he came and spoke to me, my lawyer. What do you think? I said, no, you need to talk to Phil. Did, and so he um, spoke to me and came back. He said, no, he's he's a um, defence witness now. Did he, um, and did he give... Yeah, he gave evidence. And he was good? Yes. Oh, well, that was good from the thieving but fucking told But tr- he told the truth. Truth, that's all you have yeah. to do, yeah. And when the judge summed up, he said, the most important evidence you must take in is the people who were there. Yeah. That is the victim, Mr. Uh, MacDonald, the um, accused, Miss Karen Hill, and the only eyewitness that was in the room at the same time as them. The Miss, thieving yeah, fucking Mr. Philip. Burns. They didn't call him the thieving fucking gnome during no, that. No, Philip Burns. <laughs> and that's what he said. That's the most important three testimonies you must take in. Um, Alright, well, I, I've literally exhausted all yeah. my questions, all my things I wanted to talk about. Any other questions that tickle your fancy or, or things you want to talk about or stories you want to share? Nah. We've done, <laughs> you've, we've done so many and yeah. we've, we've, we've had so many. So, Karen... um. Lovely to yarn, as always, and yep. um, we'll have to do this again soon. Yes. Um, thanks, Karen. Bloody yep. appreciate you being yep. on the pod. You're a New Zealand icon. And thank you, Guy, for having me. Uh, and it's good night from him. And it's good night from her. Cheers for tuning in. If you enjoyed this production, please tell your mates and spread the good word. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the New Zealand Today podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all at the same time, really get our numbers up. The New Zealand Today podcast is a production of Freddy Boy Podcasts. That's a podcast brand we made up for season one, and now we're on season two, and it's still literally the only podcast on the label. It was edited by Zane Dionysus Carney. That's such a good name. It features Matt, the cookie man cook, and it was made with the help of the icons at New Zealand On Air. It's like an episode of Jono and Ben, but Jono and Ben have died, and it's just me, and I'm in charge of the show now. Finally, Guy is getting the respect he deserves. Unfortunately, this is a podcast, so not a primetime TV show, but, you know, I'll take what I can get. Wish I was on the, on the radio with Jono and Ben, but, you know, like, that's okay. I'll, they've probably sent the email probably went to my spam or something like that. <laughs>